Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Friday, January 22nd edition of ATS Radio. I'm your host, Adam Burke. I'll be doing what I'm calling Freestyle Friday here on today's show, talking a little bit of Major League Baseball, a little bit of NBA, a little bit of NHL, and a little bit of college basketball with some look-ahead stuff to this weekend and beyond. Should be a lot of fun here today with this solo segment to finish out what has been an excellent week of shows here on ATS Radio. Make sure you subscribe on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you stream and download your podcast content. Subscribe to ATS Radio and you will never miss any of the editions here of our fine sports betting podcast. Speaking of fine sports betting content, you can find that over at ATS.io. Make sure you download the ATS app, which is a bet tracker and odd screen. There's a stats database in there that'll help you out. You can subscribe to the premium model if you so choose and full article integration from ATS.io. So that includes top sportsbook promotions from around the industry, picks, predictions, previews of the NFL, college basketball, NHL, NBA, UFC, golf. We're not that far away from the return of NASCAR. That'll be coming up here next month as well. And then Major League Baseball, not that far away. You'll get full article integration from ATS.io in that ATS app. And if you go over to the website, you'll find all the sportsbook reviews. You'll find state-by-state coverage of the sportsbooks that are available, where sports betting is legal, and all that good stuff. So a really powerful site over at ATS.io, a really powerful resource, the ATS app. I encourage all of you to check that out. Play around with that. Download that here this weekend for either the Google Play Store or the Apple Store, whether you have an Android device or an iOS device, the app does work for both. So highly encourage you to check that out here for this weekend as you're following along with all of the different sports stuff that's going on. And, you know, some sports stuff that's been going on that we haven't really touched on at all here on ATS Radio. Things are finally happening in Major League Baseball. And I've started some preliminary work here on my 2021 MLB betting guide, which will be published under the ATS.io name for the first time. And for those that are maybe new listeners to the show or new consumers of our ATS content, it is my season win total season everything preview for Major League Baseball. All 30 teams are previewed. All six divisions are previewed along with futures picks. Same thing for the two leagues, the AL and the NL, as far as pennant futures go. World Series futures, MVP futures, Cy Young futures, home run king futures, all that kind of stuff. I write a full, comprehensive, very detailed guide with team previews to help you with not only your season win total bets, but also things I'm looking for out of those teams as the season begins here. Some very good day-by-day, week-by-week betting tips embedded in those team previews in that MLB betting guide. So last year, I think I published that on February 20th or 21st, probably going to be delayed about a week or so, I think, with this year's edition, simply because as we look around Major League Baseball here, there were 324 free agents listed on roster resource, which is now part of Fangraphs. And as I'm recording here on Thursday evening with a... a, uh, an appointment I have to keep up with on Friday, still 225 of those free agents remain unsigned. And there are some big names in there like Marcelo Zuna, 
Trevor Bauer, Nelson Cruz, JT Real Mudo, uh, Marcus Semien, Justin Tucker, Jock Peterson, James Paxton, a lot of injured starting pitchers that teams will decide to gamble on. So things are moving pretty slowly as far as the MLB offseason goes. We're about three, three and a half weeks or so away from the start of spring training. But not only do we not know where some of these players are going to end up, Major League Baseball has yet to say if double headers will go back to nine innings or if they'll continue to be seven innings. What's going to happen? Will there be a universal DH? Will extra innings start with a runner on second? You know, there are a lot of things yet to figure out with the Major League Baseball season, even though spring training not that far away, but it has held up the process of teams making trades, of teams signing free agents, uh, waiver claims, and you know, all those kinds of things. So probably going to have to delay the start of the guide a little bit, just simply waiting for these teams to kind of take shape a little bit. But a couple of teams that have taken shape here of late, the New York Mets and the Toronto Blue Jays. And we start with the Mets here, and this is old news now, obviously, but the Mets acquired Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco from the Indians in exchange for Ahmed Rosario, Andres Gil, uh, Jimenez, excuse me, and a couple of long shot lottery tickets, Josh Wolf and uh, Isaiah Green. Now, for the Indians, they didn't have a whole lot of leverage in this situation. Their ownership group, the Dolan family, is shedding costs. It does appear that a sale is probably going to be coming here sometime in the not-too-distant future. So that will be something that, you know, we'll kind of have to keep an eye on here a little bit with regards to the Indians, with regards to how they set their roster up as they go forward. But the big story here is obviously what the Mets acquired. Getting Lindor for at least one year, and maybe they do talk about an extension, and then getting Carlos Carrasco. And, you know, the Indians, they were never keeping Lindor. So any projections with him, any sort of, you know, um, simulations of the season or anything like that, they were irrelevant before they were even completed. Trading Carrasco is trading for a position of strength, but it's a big upgrade to the Mets rotation. You've had Jacob deGrom, and then what? You know, they lose Zach Wheeler in free agency. Noah Syndergaard just can't stay healthy. And, you know, it's one of those things for the Mets where, you know, Steven Matz is fine and some of the other guys that they've had kind of milling around at the back end of that rotation are fine. But Carrasco is a guy that, you know, saved for last year when he was getting treated for leukemia. That's a guy that, you know, wound up being a really, really solid piece for the Indians for a long period of time. So I think that's a really good acquisition for the Mets. We know what Lindor is capable of. I do think that he's not as good offensively as people believe. But he's very stout defensively. He'll fit in the middle of the order. He'll certainly fit in that clubhouse. And he's a much better offensive option than what they had. So we saw the futures prices for the Mets definitely get adjusted. Some places had them 16 or 20 to 1. Now they're predominantly 12 or 14 to 1. Some places even lower than that. And the thing about it is the Mets were going to be a play on team anyway. When you look at them last year with regards to their base run standings, which is an alternate standings metric over at Fangraphs based on expected runs scored and expected runs allowed using each individual plate appearance from the season, both on the offensive side and on the defensive side, the Mets underachieved by five games. So they were going to be a play on team anyway for a lot of people. And to me, 
No, I look at the Mets and I don't think they're that much better than the Braves, if at all. Now, the Mets were a team I did like to win the division last year before, of course, you know, everything got canceled and shortened and all of that. But I do think that the Braves may wind up getting a little bit of value out of this whole equation as people start diving into the Major League Baseball side. So I will keep an eye on that. But uh, just to sort of wet your whistle a little bit in terms of some baseball insight. And, of course, things like base runs, which is something that is a focal point uh, of my MLB betting guide and something that I will explain to listeners a lot more as we go forward here. The other big move, and this one not as old of news. In fact, this one here happened a couple days ago. George Springer going to the Toronto Blue Jays. And this is a huge signing for the Toronto Blue Jays. This gives them a guy at the top of the order with speed, with power, with a walk rate, and it also helps them quite a bit defensively. This is an excellent signing. And in a lot of cases, you know, when you get these big free agent signings and stuff like that, a lot of times they're big names, but, you know, maybe they don't have as big of an impact with the team that they're signing with or something like that. I think in this case, Springer could very well have been the missing piece for this Toronto lineup. From a slugging percentage standpoint, they're going to be off the charts good. From an on-base percentage standpoint, they've got skills top to bottom with that. Now, of course, they probably won't get to play at Rogers Center, at least at the outset of the season, with COVID-19 still hanging around. The report right now that they would play in Dunedin, which is their uh, spring training facility down in Florida, that is a pretty small ballpark. And, you know, we'd see what would happen in terms of, you know, rain early on in the season and all of that a big part of the reason why the Marlins and the Rays you know do have those indoor facilities but it's a small ballpark there so that could really benefit the Blue Jays early on in the season where a lot of teams will struggle to hit for power because they're in cooler weather cities and all of that Toronto I think would play right into the skill set of their offense so maybe that will be part of the thought process as we go forward here with so many free agents still out there on the market But as far as Toronto goes, the rotation looks good, but not great. You know, we'll see what Nate Pearson looks like coming back. They've had a couple of bullpen gambles here of late in Kirby Yates, who was formerly the closer for the Padres, and then Tyler Chatwood, who was very good in a relief capacity for the Cubs a couple of years ago, went back to starting, had some mixed results with that. The Jays still have a lot of work to do, but they've got a lot of pitching depth here. And I think this is a really important point, a seed to kind of plant in your mind as we go forward here, starting to think about the baseball season. You got to keep in mind, these pitchers, starting pitchers specifically, going from about 50 to 70 innings to 150 plus. Relievers, you know, maybe topping out at 30, maybe 40 innings at the most. Now they'll be expected for 70 or 80 innings. So you got to kind of follow along with that and sort of see, how teams are going to play this type of thing for the blue Jays. They've got a lot of fringy MLB talent. They've got some prospects that are kind of knocking on the door. They've got some quad a type starters, like a Trent Thornton stuff like that. So to me, I think this is a team that would benefit from using piggybacks, a guy that'll go four innings every four days, guy that'll go four innings every five days, something like that. They probably won't because there is some salary suppression involved and, It's kind of a slippery slope for teams. But the fact of the matter is that Toronto is going to have a lot of options. Now, whether or not they sign some upgrades remains to be seen, but they have a lot of options in-house. So if some of those guys do develop a little bit, is this a Toronto team 
that can play with the Yankees, that can play with the Rays. I'm not sure yet. I'm going to do a deep dive on them here in the not-too-distant future as I start going through and, and writing my team previews for the guide. But things look very promising for Toronto right now, especially because that offense looks to be off the charts good. Speaking of the betting guide, I've been doing some introductory work with a lot of these teams kind of looking at their 2019 and 2020 performances. And it is important to note that as I get into my guide, I will be using 2019. I know that it's you know a pretty long way in the past at this point in time, but a 60-game sample size just doesn't tell us everything that we need to know. Teams only played you know the division games. They played 40 games within the division, 20 games outside the division in interleague play. That's a lot different from a traditional season where teams play 76 of 162 games against division foes. So going to have to keep 2019 in consideration here, kind of focus on 2020 to the degree that I can. But two starting points here for the MLB betting guide, kind of give you an idea of some of the things that I'll be writing about in that publication there. The Giants offense was a significantly upgraded unit last season. Now, what happened was there were some park changes at Oracle Park. They did some things that kind of cut down on the crosswinds a little bit that came across the stadium, and they moved the fences in. So a venue that traditionally played as a stone-cold under venue became a stone-cold over venue, and the Giants, in fact, were a borderline top-five offensive team last season. I don't think the same thing happens this year with their offense. They just don't really have enough pieces and parts for me to believe that that's sustainable. However, the Giants hit more fly balls. Their ground ball percentage was down by more than 2% last year. And teams are kind of coming around to this a little bit late, some teams anyway, that you've got to hit the ball in the air to have success. You hit it over the shift, you hit it out of the ballpark. So the Giants, by not hitting as many ground balls, by some of those park changes, their offense was upgraded significantly. So those are the types of things that I'll be looking at here in my betting guide. You know, were there batted ball distribution changes? Were there park factor changes? Much like we saw at Angel Stadium a couple of years ago, where they moved the right field fence in a little bit. These are all things that factor into the equation of a team's overall picture. So those are some of the things you can expect me to talk about in my MLB betting guide for 2021. Another one here, another team that flies under the radar, the Baltimore Orioles. Now, the Baltimore Orioles were awful in 2018 and 2019. Last year, referencing base runs once again, that alternate standings metric that's available over at Fangraphs, the Orioles were essentially a 500 team. And we wouldn't expect that. Even in a 60-game sprint, we wouldn't expect a team like Baltimore to be a 500 team. Now, the one thread that ties these two teams together, the Giants and the Orioles, is that recently they've made major commitments to analytics. They've gone all in with the analytics side of things. And to me, I think that creates a lot of value and a lot of opportunity for teams to improve at the margins. So I do my baseball betting guide from a very analytics-heavy standpoint but also because I think that those teams, the teams that embrace the metrics and embrace the analytics are generally the ones that will show the largest improvement. So you will see me talk about that throughout the betting guide of these teams that you know, decided to do things a little bit differently, 
decided to go in a different direction with the front office, hire more of a numbers savvy GM, a numbers savvy AGM, all that kind of thing. These are teams that do tend to improve. So those are always developments that I'm looking for and things that I will highlight in that MLB betting guide, which as I said, I do expect to be released here in probably about five weeks or so. Uh, you know, again, we've got to see how quickly the off season moves along and, you know, get spring training going and all of that. And of course too, I mean, last year, you know, I had the guy done by February 20th and, and we didn't even get a full baseball season. So, you know, I just want to make sure that things are in a pretty good situation with regards to COVID and maybe some of the baseball players have already been vaccinated by then and, and all of that. So, you know, probably going to delay the guide a little bit here this year, but still want to make sure I get it out there in a market where we can still get some value on the season win totals and all of the other stuff that's out there. Again, thinking way down the line here, I'm sure a lot of people don't even have Major League Baseball on the radar yet, but it's always on my mind, and I thought there were some good things to mention here on this Freestyle Friday edition of ATS Radio. So with that, we get to the sports that are being played right now, and I thought it would be cool here heading into the weekend to talk about some buys and sells across the NBA, the NHL, and college basketball here for this weekend. So we start with the NBA, a sport that, frankly, we don't talk about a whole lot here on the show. It's not a favorite market of mine. I know a lot of people do bet into it. But to me, a lot of it is just so situationally based. It's kind of environmentally based. And of course, you know, you never know who's playing day in and day out. And that's certainly been true of this COVID season as well, where we had, you know, 16 games over the first calendar or over the first calendar month of the season, you know, not played here because of COVID protocols and all of that. So to me, I just think it's easier to sort of attack the college basketball market on the show. And I apologize for any NBA fans that are out there. But with that being said, let's talk about some buys and sells here that I'm seeing from the NBA whether that's a situational thing or just kind of a matchup thing or something like that. And one of the sells for me here going into this weekend is to sell the Cavaliers on Friday night. Now they're coming off of a very impressive win. And in fact, they've been a very good defensive team throughout the course of the season. JB Bickerstaff has done an excellent job getting this young ball club to buy in. They played very well with Kevin Love on the shelf. They've been a pretty good team in a lot of ways for people to back, but coming off of this double overtime win against Brooklyn, the first game for Brooklyn with their big three on Wednesday night, I have to think Brooklyn's going to bounce back in this second game. Now Brooklyn does play Miami on Saturday. And of course that's a game that you're definitely going to get up for against the Miami heat, but Miami with some concerns here, Goran Dragic is hurt. Jimmy Butler now sitting out because of COVID protocols. So to me, I think as this news cycle keeps going here, Brooklyn's going to be more and more focused on getting revenge against the Cavs. I would expect that to be the case here on Friday night. Obviously, you'll have to lay a little bit of a price in this game. And look, that last game was such a competitive game, did go multiple overtime periods, was, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of an instant classic type of game, at least as far as the regular season goes. Brooklyn was a 10 and a half point favorite in that one. I would expect them to be favored, you know, by probably 10 and a half, 11 in this game as well. But I do like them to bounce back here in this spot against Cleveland. How about a buy team for Friday night? Cleveland to sell team for me, a buy team on Friday night is the Indiana Pacers. 
And I talked about this in my NBA situational article over at ATS.io that when you get a team in that first game back at home after a long road trip, they are typically a pretty good fade team. Those are typically teams that you want to look to bet against. You know, you come off the road, you get back home, you got the family things to deal with and, you know, all that kind of thing. You got to get settled back in and the kids have school and have needs and, you know, so on and so forth. When you're on the road, especially this year, it's largely about business. When you come back home, you got other things to take care of. You're kind of getting, you know, back into your rhythms and your routines and all of that. So the Dallas Mavericks beat Indiana on Wednesday night by 12. Dallas was a two-point favorite in that game. Dallas had a great first quarter. They led by nine after the first 12 minutes. And they won the fourth quarter by 11 to win that game by 12. So kind of the way you would expect something like that to play out. A slow start for Indiana and then just not having the legs there in the fourth quarter of that game. But now... They come home on Tuesday. They have that game on Wednesday. They're home on Thursday. They're kind of back into their rhythms, back into their routines and all of that. Coming off of a pretty disappointing loss on Wednesday, I think the Pacers are a bye team here on Friday against the Orlando Magic. And look, Orlando is a team that is wrapping up a long road trip of their own. So they're going to be looking to go back towards home here after this game. And I think Indiana, in a bounce-back situation, you know, playing that second home game off the long trip, I think it's a good opportunity to back the Pacers. So we'll see, uh, you know, as I'm recording this, not a whole lot of overnight lines being posted for Friday. But I do think the Pacers here, in what should be a shorter favorite role, are a good look on Friday night. Now, as far as Saturday goes in the NBA, got a buy and sell team for you there as well. I'm selling the Los Angeles Lakers here on Saturday night. And like I said, I'm recording this show early, so we don't know what happened on Thursday between the Bucs and the Lakers. But on Saturday, the Lakers take on the Chicago Bulls. On Monday, the Lakers take on the Cleveland Cavaliers. So LeBron James comes back to Ohio. And even though things are obviously very different here in this COVID setting, LeBron's going to be meeting up with people. He's going to see friends. He'll probably see some family you know, business associates and all of that here on Sunday into Monday. So to me, I think LeBron's looking forward to a homecoming, kind of catching up with everybody, checking in with all this COVID stuff going on and all of that. So you come off the big game against the Bucs on Thursday. You got LeBron looking ahead to Monday a little bit. I don't think we get a full effort from the Lakers here on Saturday night. So to me, I think that the Bulls getting quite a few points on Saturday a pretty good look. So I'm selling my stock in the Lakers here for Saturday night. As far as a buy team in the NBA for Saturday, how about the Detroit Pistons? The Detroit Pistons are in a buy spot on Saturday night. You've got both of these teams here in a back-to-back as they take on the Philadelphia 76ers, but the Sixers are in a back-to-back coming off of playing the Celtics. So they're traveling for this game. The Pistons are in a back-to-back, but they're not traveling. They're playing back-to-back home games after entertaining the Houston Rockets on Friday night. So I think with Philadelphia coming off of a big game against Boston, traveling, playing the back-to-back, taking on Detroit, and then Detroit goes to Philadelphia on Monday, I think the Sixers kind of throw this game away a little bit. I think the Pistons plus the points is a good look. Maybe we don't even get Joel, Joel Embiid in this game for the Sixers here. I think the Pistons are a good buy team for Saturday night 
the Lakers a sell team. So Friday, we're buying the Pacers and selling the Cavs. Saturday, we're buying the Pistons and selling the Lakers. Going over to the NHL side of things here with some Friday and Saturday buys and sells. For Friday night, this is kind of, you know, a pretty thick limb to go out on here. But I'm buying the Colorado Avalanche against the Anaheim Ducks. Now, I talked about this a little bit with Brian Blessing on Tuesday's show where, you know, I think playing a back-to-back in a different city is actually a benefit for these teams because it feels normal. You know, if you're playing the same team twice and you're spending three or four days in the same hotel room, and of course, as we just saw with the Washington Capitals, these guys aren't even supposed to congregate in their hotel rooms. The only people allowed in their rooms are hotel staff. So if you're spending a lot of time in one city, that gets real lonely. It gets real boring. You know, not a whole lot of excitement on the road for these teams. But for Colorado here, playing a back-to-back in California, making that trip to Anaheim from Los Angeles, I think that's a really good spot for Colorado. So they'll be laying a pretty big favorite price here, but I would expect the Avalanche to come out in the first period with a big push. I like their first period puck line. And of course, too, like them for the game here. So the Avalanche, a buy team on Friday night in the NHL. As far as a sell team goes, the Dallas Stars. The Dallas Stars hoping to open up their season on Friday against the Nashville Predators. Now, Nashville did have a game canceled this week against Carolina because of COVID-19 protocols. But Dallas hasn't even played yet. Nashville's already played three games. So I've got to think that Dallas looks very sloppy, very sluggish. I would be shocked if they're synced up and ready to play here in this spot. And of course, too, 17 players with COVID, not a lot of practice time either. So Nashville against Dallas, Dallas being the sell team here, the Dallas Stars on Friday night in the NHL. As far as Saturday goes for some buys and sells here, let's go with the buy team first. And let's go with the Ottawa Senators. Ottawa's playing a third straight game against the Winnipeg Jets but they're starting a road trip here. So they're on the road at Winnipeg in this one. Jets coming off of a lengthy road trip, going back home. Talked about it already with regards to the NBA. That's usually a pretty good fade spot. And also a good play on spot for teams is when they go on that first road, when they go on the road for the first game of a road trip, it's usually a good buy spot because teams want to start that road trip on a high note I would expect Ottawa to be in that situation trying to start on a high note here for Saturday night. The Jets have not played well in their own defensive zone. A lot of attack zone time for the opposition. A lot of shots on goal. A lot of shot attempts. The goaltending has bailed Winnipeg out at times here so far. And this is really just a continuation and a carryover of what we saw from the Jets last season. But I do think Ottawa is a bye team here for Saturday night. So we're playing on the Senators on the ice here on Saturday. And we're selling the Montreal Canadiens. Montreal playing a third straight road game in Vancouver here. And look, Vancouver is widely regarded as a beautiful city. I've never been there. I've been to Vancouver Island, which is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, But, you know, look, it's not a great place to go in COVID. You know, I talked about it already. The Capitals fined $100,000 because some of their players got together in a hotel room without wearing face coverings. So being in the same town, in the same hotel room, all you could really do is go to practice and just lay on the bed or sit in the chair in the hotel room and do pretty much nothing. That's not any fun. 
And for Montreal here, they're playing their third straight game in Vancouver. So that's four or five days in the same hotel. That's a long time, man. I think Montreal very much ready to move on. So the buy team for Saturday night is Ottawa and the sell team for Saturday night is Montreal. Finally, let's do some college basketball stuff here. And of course, remember, you got a lot of back-to-backs here and some of those other scenarios that you want to keep an eye on over the weekend, the Friday, Saturdays, or the Thursday, Saturday back-to-backs, all those kinds of things. But I got a couple of sell spots and sell teams for Friday and a couple of buy teams for Saturday. So we start with the sell teams on Friday and we start with UAB, the Blazers. They take on the Rice Owls here on Friday night. Bart Torvik listing UAB is over an 11-point favorite in this game. So a very big spread for UAB to try and cover. And UAB, they have played one of the worst schedules in the country. Now, to be fair, Rice has also played a very bad schedule. But when you look at UAB, their opponents collectively have shot 26.5% from three. That's the ninth best mark in the nation. However, In four Conference USA games, opponents are shooting 38.3% from three. So what we're seeing here is that now that UAB has stepped up in class a little bit, their three-point defense has not been anywhere near as good as it was during the non-conference portion of the season. Rice, they take a lot of threes. About 51% of their field goal attempts come from beyond the arc, and they are shooting 36.2% on those three-point tries. So I like selling UAB here, buying the Rice Owls on Friday night in that Conference USA matchup. And again, it looks like UAB will be a double-digit favorite or close to it. I do think this line moves pretty quickly, uh, but I do like Rice here in this spot, plus the points against UAB. Another sell team here for Friday night, UC Riverside. And we talked about this one on Monday's show with Kyle Hunter. So carrying that talk through, into this Friday show here. UC Riverside's got a first-year head coach. They're shooting a lot more threes. Now, they have shot 39.3% on those threes. I wouldn't expect that to continue. And opponents are only shooting 27.9% from three. Last season against Riverside, opponents shot 36.6% on their long-distance tries. So I think Riverside is a team that will regress both offensively and defensively as we go forward here bakersfield a new team in the big west conference for this season and we talked about that a few weeks ago with kyle in the sense that teams will have to adjust to the style of play that bakersfield plays bakersfield is a very physical team they attack the offensive glass really well and they're a quality defensive team I don't think this is a good matchup for Riverside. I don't think stylistically it's a good matchup to play a physical game. And I think Riverside is also a negative regression candidate, both offensively and defensively. These two teams do play each other on Friday as well as Saturday. So I like Bakersfield in both games, but definitely like them on Friday. So on Friday night, we're selling UAB and selling UC Riverside in college hoops. Finally, Saturday in the college basketball world, a couple of buys and sells here, and we'll buy a couple of teams for Saturday. The first one is to buy Tennessee. Tennessee takes on Missouri. Now, Bart Torvik has this line minus six. I think that's a little bit cheap. I would expect Tennessee eight, eight and a half, something like that. The Volunteers won by 20 
in the first meeting between these two teams. And Tennessee only took seven three-pointers in that game. Now, they did make five of them, so a great performance there. But they didn't shoot a lot of threes, still won that game by margin, winning by 20 points on the road. They're the better coach team. I take Rick Barnes over Quanzo Martin, to be sure. And also the Vols. They are off of a horrific performance against Florida. I believe that game was Tuesday night. They were terrible. And that was the day that all of the athletic department stuff was coming out about Tennessee. They were the butt of every joke with the McDonald's bag scandal, the football recruiting violations, all of that. Florida took some pot shots. Florida basketball took some shots at Tennessee after that game. I have to think, with everything going on with this Tennessee athletic department, with that embarrassing loss, and with a team that Tennessee obviously matched up really well against in the first meeting, Tennessee will win this game by margin. They will have a significant max effort kind of game here. So we're buying Tennessee for Saturday night in their game against Missouri. As I said, Torvik's got this one minus six, but I think this line will open a little bit higher than that. Finally, one more buy thing here, and this isn't buying a team. This is buying an over. So I'm buying the offense of both teams here between Kent State and Toledo. Toledo won the first game 84 to 82. It was only played to 68 possessions. So 166 points in 68 possessions. You could do the math there, but both of these teams were outstanding offensively in that first meeting. And frankly, Toledo's been outstanding offensively in pretty much every game this season, with the exception of their opener against Bradley. In their MAC games, they are shooting 39.8% from three. They've had almost 1.2 points per possession in six of their seven MAC games so far, or seven of their eight MAC games so far. Their lowest output, 1.027 points per possession. Their highest, 1.466. This is a Toledo offense that is absolutely legit. They're a very efficient unit. And I think this game in particular is a good spot for Kent State's offense as well. What we've seen here so far is that big teams hurt Toledo. Kent is a top 15 team in offensive rebounding percentage. Akron is a big physical team as well. Both Kent and Akron have had great success on the offensive glass against Toledo here so far this season. Toledo is the worst defensive rebounding team in the conference. And as I said, Kent State is top 15 nationally in offensive rebounding percentage. So Toledo is going to get their points. Kent State's going to get their points, whether they're second chance or otherwise. Not sure what this total is going to come out at. I would guess somewhere in the upper 150 range, 157, 158, something like that. But I think both of these teams will get into the 80s once again. I'm buying the over in the Kent State and Toledo game. So to recap here, everything on this Freestyle Friday show, keep an eye out for my MLB betting guide here in about five weeks' time. And I'm going to try to work some more MLB stuff into the show whenever time permits. NBA buys and sells. On Friday, we're selling the Cavs and buying the Pacers. On Saturday, we're selling the Lakers and buying the Pistons. In the NHL on Friday, we're selling the Dallas Stars and buying the Colorado Avalanche. On Saturday, we're selling the Montreal Canadiens and buying the Ottawa Senators. And then in college basketball on Friday night, selling UAB and selling UC Riverside. And on Saturday, we're buying Tennessee 
and buying the over in Kent State and Toledo. That'll do it here for this week on ATS Radio. We'll be back on Monday with Kyle Hunter, professional better and handicapper from huntersportspicks.com. We'll talk about some early thoughts here for Super Bowl 55 and also take a look at the college basketball side of things. And we'll have plenty of content throughout the weekend over at ATS.io for you to check out. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Have a happy, healthy, smart, safe weekend. And I will talk to you again on Monday.